0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1999, the walls of
1: hell cracked, and fallen angels condemned to an eternity in the abyss were suddenly able to flee. With no choice but to come to terms with the decaying remnants of the paradise they helped create, these escaped fallen must now decide whether they will rebuild their masterpiece or burn it to a cinder. Hello and welcome to Demon the Fallen, Fragments a Demon the Fallen game set in Rochester, New York, in the year 2001. This story features the character of Azoth, played by Tillman, Erikel, played by Rebecca, Brawlman, played by Adam, and Abathar, played by Slavic. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at Twin underscore VTM, on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night, and on Discord at Twin Cities by Night. Okay, so Esme is leafing through Claire's diary. It starts out very, very hopeful. The first few pages are, I finally got away from him. Things are finally looking like they will improve. The shelter has been immensely helpful, so on and so forth. And then slowly it starts to turn more towards how much of a struggle it's been. Feels like she's losing her son. He's not talking to her as much anymore. She's having a harder and harder time finding anything resembling paid work. Their time at the shelter is coming to a close because they can only house people for so long. She thinks she's found an apartment. The apartment fell through. She thinks she found a job. She had the job for a few days before that also fell through. They end up at the camp together and then he goes missing. And then it's just this tragic chronicle of her desperate attempts to find her son over the intervening months. And the final entry is about her son coming to her in a dream, telling her that it was okay. That he's at peace, and that she should also be
0: at peace with him.
2: Well, that's disconcerting.
0: Very much so. It sounds like someone's been manipulating her, or tried to manipulate her.
2: Do either of you have experience with powers like that?
0: No, it's something I've always enjoyed listening about, dreams and such, but it's nothing not something I've dabbled in.
3: Is this something that Tizaniel would know something about? It kind of sounds like it would be right up her expertise to know about dreams and how they shape fate or how fate manifests in dreams. Anyway, I was going to go find a telephone.
1: All right. So, from where you're at, you're looking for the nearest telephone?
3: Yeah, just uh, like a public phone i could put some quarters into or whatever
1: okay you go a little further along south avenue and you start coming to a busier more populated area at the corner of south avenue and mount hope on the left across the way is an old motel looks very derelict but out front is a payphone
3: i walk up to it is it intact or was it destroyed by some hooligans
1: it's intact. There's a fair bit of graffiti on it, but it's intact.
3: All right. So I'm fishing for my cash, and uh, actually, I'm going to call the ambulance first, and that should be free, right?
1: Yes, nine one one is free.
3: Yeah. So I call up, call that up.
1: Nine one one. What's your emergency?
3: Yes. Hello. Um. I I want to report a what I believe to be a suicide.
1: And where are you located, sir?
3: I'm currently. At the uh, corner of South Avenue and and Mount Hope, around here they say homeless shelter. Um, you mean
1: the homeless camp, sir?
3: Yes, that's what I mean. A, a woman named Claire. Uh, we were looking for her there, but I believe she she has ended her life with sleeping pills.
1: And what's your name, sir?
3: Uh, Oliver Harper. I work with the with the homeless shelter uh, from time to time.
1: Well, thank you, Mr. Harper. We'll have someone out there ASAP.
3: Thank you. Click. Yeah, I pushed a button on the thing to get it uh, to dial again. Okay. And then I would like to call four one one to find out the number of this Rabbi Gilt. Yep.
1: Rabbi Gilt. Yep. All right. So you you know push down the hook, let go, you get a fresh dial tone, but then you go to use the keys and you don't hear any tones from the buttons and then it hits you you got to put a quarter in right so you pop a quarter in and then you can you know you hit 411 and 411 happens information
3: hello oliver harper here i'm looking for the phone number of one rabbi gelt
1: well hi mr harper ain't you a doll let me go and look that up for you all right and i have the number right
3: here for you do you have a pen handy uh I don't know. Um, just give me and I, I'll fish for a pen and do I have one? <laughs> sure, why not? Alright, and I um, write the number next to the uh, graffiti that I found on the wall.
1: She reads the number off to you.
3: Alright, that's 555555. Five, 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 five. I got it. Thank you.
1: Not a problem. You have yourself a blessed day. You too. Bye now. Hi.
3: On. I put in some more money and dialed the number of this rabbi guild.
1: After a couple of rings, um, what sounds like an older woman answers the phone. Temple Sinai.
3: Good day. This is Oliver Harper. I work with the homeless shelter and um, was looking into a woman named Claire Phillips. It appears uh, she has committed suicide. Also, her son was found dead recently. Talking to people who knew her, the name Rabbi Geld came up, and we would like to get in contact with him.
1: Well, I can set you down for an appointment
3: if you'd like. That sounds very good, yes. Is he available today, maybe?
1: Uh, Let me check. You hear the rustling of some papers, some quick scratching. Well, I'm not seeing anything in his appointment book, but let me go ask him to make sure he's still going to be on site. And then you hear her put the phone on a table or on her desk. There's some... Background mumbling. Sounds like there's a conversation occurring. The phone can't quite pick it up. Moment later, she comes back. Uh, Mr. Harper, he's going to be here for the remainder of the day. So if you want to come on over any time, feel free.
3: Yes. Could you please give me the address again?
1: All right. You will. You would need that. She gives you the address.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Repeat it to her and memorize yep, that's it. That's the one. Okay. We will be there shortly. All right. We'll be ready for you. Thank you. Goodbye. She hangs up. I do, too, and walk back to the others.
2: I imagine Esme is on her, the hood of her car, sitting there kind of leafing through the Claire's journal, trying to see if there was anything that she was missing while she was waiting for Oliver to get back.
1: One additional thing that Esme realizes is that there's a lot of doodling In the journal, along the margins and in various gaps in the text, the doodles at first are very creative. They involve all the color pens that she has. But over time, they start to become more one color sketches, and then they stop completely shortly before her son vanishes.
2: She'll actually just be staring at those designs, kind of like the world fading around her as she seems to be looking for a deeper meaning in them. And then Oliver comes back. She kind of snaps to attention. Where are we going?
3: I tell her the address. I get us a meeting with Rabbi Geld. Nice work, Oliver. I think we should go right now. Sounds good.
2: Yeah, yeah. let's figure out how he fits into all of this. Her journal yeah. doesn't mention anything about him. Really? Not that I can see.
3: He seems really important to that, that man. Did he set us up?
2: Looks at Lily.
3: I don't know. I think we should distribute the food and then go. Yeah, it's not like we need it.
2: Okay, last last I had left it in the area where Claire's tent was. I didn't bring it back with me to the car. But yeah, we can go give it to people.
1: You look back over where you left the uh, food and it's gone. I
3: guess that takes care of that.
2: All right, let's get moving. And Esme will go ahead and hop in the car, get it started, and with it being winter out, have a little bit of difficulty getting the car off the muddy area. So we might have to push the car out a little bit to get it back on the road. But quick five, 10 minutes, we're zooming along on our way to the next, uh, to the rabbi's place.
3: So my, my host, I guess, this Oliver, he developed a cure for what I believe these people in the homeless camp are suffering from they're not They're not successful in life, but i I don't know how it works. It seems so wondrous to me, but at the same time, it seems so bland. Well,
0: we could have used something like that during the war, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like to recall it. You mention it so much
0: hmm.
3: well. <sighs> well,
0: hopefully we'll fix that problem later. homelessness
2: ah, uh, perhaps. That seems like quite the quite the I don't know if we're powerful enough right now to do something that
0: Well, no, not right now but in time.
3: Hmm.
0: Uh the earth wasn't built in a day and you
3: know? all. Oh no, I mean it just promises to be invigorating. Oh. Yeah. To be I'm successful sure. in life. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah. I'm I'm not sure there's a recipe for that, Oliver. <laughs> you know. My host, Lily, she was very successful in the uh, the way humans would put it, you know? Which wasn't very happy. In fact, she did end up almost like our friend back there.
2: Oh.
0: Yeah, uh, if I wasn't there, you know, I would have ended for her. But I could still hear her in the back of my mind sometimes. I think she's really dead yet. Dead, Lily.
2: Hmm. What is that like to have Lily... Talk to you to be there.
0: Well, she doesn't really talk to me. Uh, I think she's still scared. I've been trying to calm her, but she resents me a little for being different than her. It's difficult to explain, Uh, but perhaps we'll be friends one day.
2: I'd be very curious to know if you do manage that.
0: Well, yes, hopefully. There's just so much to do.
1: The drive to the temple is about 10 minutes. So it takes you into a heavily wooded area. At least, the immediate area is heavily wooded. You go down a small private drive and you pull up in the parking lot outside. of the- Not a terribly busy day. Um, there's a couple other cars in the parking lot. Looks like one has a couple of teenagers in it just shooting the shit. Otherwise, the parking
3: lot is devoid of people. Do you think this is it?
2: I'm pretty sure, based on the sign that we just passed.
3: Yeah, true. It must be.
2: Do we even know what we're going to ask him when we get in there?
3: Oh, uh, I hadn't... I hadn't thought about that yet. Probably knows about Claire and what happened to her because I mentioned it when I called his assistant.
2: Okay, so we will ask about her and the boy and anything else that they might know. Do we need to bring him food as well? Will he talk like the others?
0: I don't think that'll be necessary. I don't think this rabbi is poor.
3: I didn't get any directions on the phone.
2: Okay, then let us go find out what we can.
1: All right, you guys step out of the car, walk to the main doors. The main entrance is open, unlocked. You walk in, there's the vestibule, and there's an older woman, very traditionally dressed. She's got a long dress on, dark skirt, dark top, very silver hair. Hi, are you Oliver? She says, looking at all three of you.
3: That's me, yes. I called out you.
1: Yes, yes, we were waiting for you. Please come right this way. And she takes you down a side hallway. There's what looks like a, an administrative office, a records room, a small kitchen. And eventually she leads you to a small office. It looks like it's her desk, a little waiting area. Take a seat here. There's about five chairs. Can I get you anything? Coffee, tea, sparkling water?
2: Coffee would be lovely. Yes,
1: uh, yes. coffee, please. Okay. She knocks on the door at the rear of the office behind her desk, pokes her head in. Just want to let you know that he's here with uh,
0: two others.
1: You hear a, a deeper voice respond, something non-specific. She closes the door and walks out towards the kitchen. After about a three minute wait, the door opens and there's this very robust looking gentleman, probably in his mid fifties, salt and pepper hair, a nice, well, manscaped beard, a black yarmulke, with some elaborate embroidery around the edges, big smile on his face, and a little on the heftier side. He's wearing a sweater vest, very well-knit. It looks coarse-knit sweater vest, nice button-down shirt underneath. He's got a tie, nice pair of blue slacks. Like, well, welcome. Um, I I was told something about a suicide.
3: Yeah, Azov or Oliver stands up and extends his hands because he's learned that it's a good idea on a... Business relationship is,
1: and the rabbi will shake his Oliver's hand. He's got a very firm grip, very jovial. Well, why don't you guys come on into my office and we can sit down and talk about this?
3: Yes, excellent. As I have mentioned uh, to your uh, assistant, I I forgot her name, unfortunately.
1: Oh, that's Miriam. She's been my secretary forever.
3: Secretary, very well. Yes, we have uh, found a woman named Claire Phillips, and. I believe she has committed suicide very recently. And her son is also deceased. We asked around the uh, homeless camp where they were living the past few months, what people know about them. And your name came up almost immediately in relation to the son, I believe.
1: How would my name have come up in relation to the son? I don't recall a Claire Phillips being a member of my congregation. Please come and sit down and he waves you into a very well appointed office tastefully modern furniture for the most part he's got a couch a couple of overstuffed chairs a very nice teak desk with a leather a nice brown leather chair behind it off on one side is a podium that looks like it has a scroll open on it a lot of various knickknacks there's a menorah on the bookshelf um other judaica throughout the room yeah you you guys all feel a Certain degree of faith just sort of permeating the room. A warm background noise makes it very comfortable in here.
3: A very lovely office that you have here. Thank you. Sad I have to visit on this day with this occasion, though.
1: The rabbi takes a seat at his leather in his leather chair, and I, again, I'm sorry. I just I'm not sure why you're coming to me with this. There, there was never been a Claire Phillips as a member of my congregation. I, it is certainly tragic to hear that her son died. Wait a second. Was he the young man that they found at the seminary? One and the same. That is a tragic situation.
0: Can I read his emotions? Uh, I have a thingy for that.
2: And Esme is just awkwardly staring at the rabbi. Just closely watching him. (laughs)
1: Right, Slavic. which lore are you using? It's the lore of longing. Okay.
0: The perception plus empathy wrong... The standard difficulty on Lors is 7, isn't it? I thought it was 6. Okay. In which case, I get 6 successes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! It's because I have minus 1 difficulty as well.
1: That's right. You took the merits. So it looks like,
0: by my reading, it seems to work only on mortals, correct? The evocation works only on one mortal at a time, so I would assume so. So you
1: feel the power of that evocation run through you and you reach out and you are absolutely certain that you should have this man's entire emotional history cataloged for you and organized and very well indexed. But you come up with absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah, I'm really tired of this. Lily says that out loud. And the rabbi will... I look to
3: her like, this room is very nice, Lily. The rabbi will sort of peek up. Is something wrong? Well... (laughs) Not precisely wrong,
0: just very unlikely. Can I ask how it was that you
1: came to be in my office? Who pointed you in my direction?
3: Uh, An insane homeless man? He knew everything by his own account. Ah, yes,
1: Mike. Yes, I know Mike. Mike is his name, is it? Yes, Mike is his name. He's a very difficult gentleman. I encountered him a few times doing charity work over at the homeless camp.
0: He does seem to have a unique insight into things, even though he isn't omniscient.
1: He is aware of more than he lets on, I believe, but he seems to have some trouble discerning reality from the tragedies that have befallen him. From what I understand, there was a house fire. Um, His wife and daughter burned to death in it, and he was absolutely certain he saw angels in the flames, and it sort of spiraled out from there. I think the house fire was, I want to say, sometime in the 70s, maybe.
3: I look to the others like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yes, certainly.
0: Seeing an angel could do that to a man. I suppose. Have you ever met a ma- an angel, Rabbi Gelt? Kind of stops for a second. I've met many
1: people who I would call angels, um, those who help with our various charity events and
0: the other works we do in the community. Uh, I see, Lily sort of says, and, you know, she just sort of looks down, disappointed. Well, perhaps he'll be luckier in the future then. Anyhow, on to the question at hand. Uh, Did you know anything about this boy in the seminar? No, I'm entirely unaware about what happened with the boy. I'm not privy to
1: that sort of thing, unfortunately. I had nothing to do with it. The seminary is not somewhere that I frequent.
3: That's very... I don't want to say disappointing, but I feel, feel kind of misled. We found out that apparently this, this Claire had a, a vision in which her son came to her to tell her to join her in the afterlife, and this seemed very distressing and unusual.
1: I've heard of such things occurring, um, usually through myth and legend. Okay, at this point, can all of you give me a perception awareness roll? difficulty seven and the rabbi continues um i've never had any sort of direct experience with life after death as it were okay so esme is
2: completely unaware it looks like despite awkwardly looking at him she's looking at the wrong details
1: yes she's just so super into it that she just completely misses this however oliver and lily both feel something supernatural occur in the room. Lily senses it in the room in general. Oliver senses it coming from the rabbi, specifically.
3: Can I tell what is happening? Or is he, like, channeling energy?
1: Let's do a perception occult role for both Lily
0: and Oliver. Difficulty?
3: We'll do it at six.
0: I don't have occult,
3: so...
1: Uh, then just perception.
3: Okay. Ooh, do I spend willpower? I think I want to. This seems important. I do it. All right.
1: So that's two willpower that you spent, Dylan? Yes,
3: and I have two successes with the willpower.
1: Okay. Both of you recognize the lore of humanity.
0: Well then, brother, tell us what you're really doing here. And the
1: rabbi stops. No, I'm a rabbi, not a a brother. I think you have your religions confused. Uh, do you know well, this is?
3: annoying girl named Tizaniel? At
1: that, he sort of stops and looks at all three of you. Yes, I am familiar with her. And how is it that you know her?
3: She had me run errands, I guess. Not really for her, but for the fate.
1: So she gave you that speech, did she?
3: Yes, quite annoying.
1: Should I then assume you felt the boy's death as I did? We did. And I guess proper introductions are in order. And he stands and holds out his hand. I am Ascariel.
3: Does that ring a bell for Oliver? Or or Azoth, really?
1: Not offhand.
3: I'm looking to the others. I'm kind of reluctant to give my name, even though he gave his.
1: (laughs) He finishes. I am Ascariel. The house Nibiru. Does that ring
3: a bell, though?
1: The fiend. More commonly known as fiends. They were the angels who set the heavens in their motions and dealt with fate. So, same house as Tizaniel, basically.
3: Oh, you seem intimately familiar with her, then.
1: I guess you could call us relatives, though I think she's a little obsessed with, quite frankly, unsubstantiated theories.
3: Yeah, that seems fitting. I'm Azoth. I'm Abathar.
2: I'm Well,
1: I'm pleased to make your acquaintances. I suppose now that there's five of us, In the city that I'm aware of, we should not be strangers. Make yourselves comfortable. And with this, there's a knock on the door and Miriam opens it and walks in carrying a tray. She's got a mug of coffee, a little teapot, some bottles of Perrier sparkling water. I wasn't sure if anyone would want something, you know, may have changed their mind. So I'll just, I'll just set this down here and go back to my desk. And then she puts it on the little coffee table that's in front of the couch. And she walks back out and closes the door behind her. Iskari stands up and gets himself a cup of tea, plops in a couple of sugar cubes, and then takes a seat at his desk. Why a rabbi, though? I'm not entirely sure. This is simply the body that called to me. He was having a crisis of conscience, I guess, and he drank himself to death, or very close to it. And here I am. (sighs) How you can stand this place, I do not know. It's tolerable, and it affords me certain advantages in my work, my projects
3: at least you represent a religion where god showed his true face asking humanity to kill their own son
1: well, i think that's i think that's the next one over but uh i represent something and it's it's very interesting to see what they have written in scripture versus what i can remember but i think that i do a decent enough job of filling in for the rabbi in his absence
0: did anyone notice the change
1: a few did I'm assuming that you arrived last year much as I did. I largely explained it off as the effects of rehab and good therapy, coming back to my faith and who I really am, as opposed to struggling as the rabbi was prior to his death. One thing that I found was rather interesting. There seem to be a fair number of clergy in the area who have substance abuse and other problems. It can be very demanding leading a community. And not always a comfortable position.
2: Substance abuse seems to be something these mortals are very fond of.
1: It is an escape. Miserable lives peppered with moments of bliss.
2: So now that we know each other, what do you understand to be going on right now?
1: Uh, To be honest with you, I'm not terribly involved in the world outside of my congregation here. I'm still trying to figure things out. I just want answers more than anything else. There's quite a few texts here, and my status as a rabbi allows me access to, to the libraries of other synagogues in the area, as well as the libraries of various interfaith groups. So I've mostly spent my time reading various scriptures, the journals of old clergy throughout the area, when I can find them, trying to figure out as much as I can about what's been going on since we last were in the world. What does it all mean? What, uh, what is it that you guys are working on? You seem to be deeply involved with this boy's death and now the death of his mother. Is this something that Tizania put you on, or is this a project you sort of picked up on your own?
3: It has parts of both. We were already working with the homeless shelter, but Tizania kind of got us to act in this specific scenario. Uh,
1: what's her interest? Or did she do that scatterbrained thing with the book? that she does
3: it seems scatterbrained yeah i think that's fitting she she didn't really ask or convince us to do something uh she made demands pretty much and was kind of a pain
1: that sounds about right for her she uh lacks tact makes a lot of sense she uh didn't do too well during the war at least from what i can remember so can you guys bring me up to speed as to what's going on what's happened i mean i Outside of what my congregation tells me about, I don't really get much by way of the news. What can you tell me about the whole dead boy, dead mother scenario? If Tazaniel's interested in it, there's got to be something to it.
3: Yeah, a lot of character. Of course, I would tell him like the specifics that we know, like when it happened, um, that we talked to people at the homeless shelter. He knows about the smart dude, of course. Um, but what would be the like the critical info?
1: While you're discussing and going over all the information with him, he sort of perks up when he hears that the boy was found inside of a wall. And do you tell him about any of the details regarding that?
3: Probably um, Ace doesn't because he was not really there when this was revealed, and he heard it secondhand. So I would say either Lily or Esme.
2: Esme would likely fill in those details. Yes.
1: So the rabbi will stop, and so when you were at the school or at the seminary, did you notice, were there any claw marks or carvings in the wall?
2: No. I remember the wall being broken in as if it was a separate room that he was in, but honestly, the boy held my whole attention.
1: Okay. And he'll lean back in the chair and take a sip of the tea.
2: Why claw marks?
1: Thinking back to the war, I... I recall one of my comrades who sort of lost her mind and just became a terror. I'm not sure precisely what happened, but she was very frustrated with the course of the war and oftentimes lashed out at the humans around her. I can't help but wonder if this might be some sign of her return. If she, by some weird twist of fate, ended up in the same place I'm in. She was a very uh, tormented and wrathful scourge, one of the Asharu. Same house as uh, Azoth.
3: Yeah, I was going to ask, did he give me a name? Or do I know of a person or a demon of that description?
1: You don't have any legacy, so you can't quite recall.
3: Yeah, so Um, Azoth just shakes his head.
1: He didn't give a name either, so...
3: That sounds awful. I've seen very terrible things, even from my house, that but my memories are so faint.
1: Understandable. I mean, Tizaniel seems to have a difficult time remembering as well. Sometimes I can remember, sometimes I can't, but it's it's hard. If it is Lasareth, then this is a very big problem. Because I can only imagine that she would have given in to her fury while we were in the pit. I recall hearing, or there were so many of us down there, but I, I distinctly recall hearing that she had started to consume others out of sheer rage and defiance. So if she is back in the world, she is probably out to cause as much pain and destruction as possible.
0: Well, we have to stop her.
1: If it even is her. But I, I do recall that one of her favorite games to play was to dispose of the bodies of children and walls after she was done with that.
0: That seems like a very odd way of doing things.
2: Before Claire died, she received a visions of sorts from her son, saying that he was at peace and that she needed to join him. Is that something that this Lazarath could do?
1: No, not that I was aware. Give me a moment. He takes another sip of the tea and closes his eyes, gets a very his face scrunches up as if he's digging deep into his memories. And then he leans forward. She was an Elil, visage of the winds. She blew across plain and brought air and seeds. I don't recall her having anything to do with the slayers, those who tended the dead.
2: Perhaps she's working with another one of us?
1: It's entirely possible. Outside of you three, Tizaniel is the only other fallen that I know of in the area.
2: You will know one more. We do have another companion, but she was called away recently. Nothing unfortunate, I hope. I'm unsure at the
1: moment. I would strongly advise you to be careful, all of you. Apparently there are some mortals who are aware of our presence, and they do not take too kindly of it.
2: Oh, do you mean the humans with the spark?
1: Humans with the spark? No.
3: In a tall building.
1: I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. There seems to be some group of religious fanatics that seem to have an uncanny way of finding us. I know that they have found Tizaniel a couple of times. I've had to come to her rescue twice now.
0: Now these people are different. It's like they could wield the power of creation.
1: That is news to me. That is news to me.
0: Where are they located?
2: Rockefeller Times Square building.
1: Ah, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. That's right downtown, right? Yes. Okay, I'll have to investigate that. It might be useful.
3: Actually, I think you should be careful about that. We kind of got into an argument with them because we just went in there to check out the building. And
0: the well, argument. just don't let yourself be captured.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I will keep that in mind.
3: And maybe don't tell Tazania because she seems to live dangerously. <laughs>
1: She lives carelessly.
3: All that, yes.
1: She seems to have some inordinate trust in faith that she will always be fine.
3: We should have been fine, yeah.
1: All right. Well, is there anything else that I can do for you three while you're here?
2: These religious fanatics, is that all you know of them?
1: Uh, From what I've discussed with Tizaniel, my understanding is that we need to be relatively conservative when using our abilities to change the world. They seem to have some way of feeling it and tracking it. Although that could be chalked up to her carelessness, she has a bad habit of overexerting herself over minor situations. But if anyone is aware of the possibility of Lacerath being active in the world, it would be her. It may be useful for you guys to find her and bring this up to her. She seems to have this awareness of those of us who are out of the pit versus those
3: of us who are still in.
2: Esme will look over at Oliver and Lily. Any other questions?
3: No, I think that was very enlightening.
1: Agreed. The rabbi will stand. Well, if you have any other questions or simply need a place of refuge, I will inform Miriam and my other employees to make these premises available to you 24 seven. The only thing that I ask is that you do not bring any sort of faction politics here. This is a refuge. I want no part of that. I simply want to work on what I want to work on without interruption or complication. What faction politics? Any. I remember the bickering and the arguing in the pit. I will not have that here. Not in my house. Oh, that.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
2: That is understandable. And Esme will take a piece of paper out from her personal notebook and write her phone number, fold it in half, and hand it to him. If you ever need us, you can contact me here.
0: Do be careful, though. I've got a journalist hounding
1: me. I will be sure to keep an eye out. There are a few reporters in my congregation, that much I know, but thankfully I've kept a low enough profile where I've not been hassled by anyone, really.
2: And with that, Esme will stand up and she'll get one of the coffees, just down it real quick. And then subbing it back down, gets ready to leave.
1: It takes a moment for it to really hit, but that coffee was
4: really hot.
2: (laughs) Even though I'd been sitting there for a couple minutes? Yes. Dang it. It was very nice to meet you.
1: The rabbi will stand. He will hold his hand out and shake any hand that presents itself. I wish you all the best of luck, and be aware, like I said, my door is open. These tragedies, this sort of thing can't continue, so I will just offer any assistance I can.
2: Thank you, Ascariel.
1: Happy to help. And he will motion towards the door. If you can see yourselves out, be much obliged. I would like to get back to work. And he walks over to the scroll.
3: I guess we leave.
1: Right.
2: This May won't say anything until we're in the car and doors have been closed.
3: Yeah, that sounds like what I had planned.
2: <laughs> so, where do you find... I'm sorry, for am her how to pronounce her name again. Tazaniel. Tazaniel?
0: The thing with her is, or with this whole thing is, is, wherever we go, it's always some different thing or creature or angel or something <laughs> different that's involved in it. You know, I'm pretty sure... Even that Mike person we talked to was, I don't know what he was. Maybe he's a prophet, but I just don't like this. It's just too many strange things happening all at once.
3: Tizania seems to have this habit of just showing up. I don't even know how to contact her, yet she knew where I was. I think we should meet up with Brauman, find out what happened to Lauren's neighbor or contact. And yeah. Definitely inform her about what we found out.
2: Agreed. It's also been a very long, long day. I'm sure we could all use some rest.
3: I uh, didn't call the homeless shelter yet. They are yet to be informed about Claire.
2: That's fine. I will call Ruth later tonight.
3: I think it's
0: something we we should do in person.
2: Esme shows a bit of reluctance.
0: I mean, I'll do it if you want.
2: No, it is fine. We can go speak to her. But I believe following after Lauren would be the best choice at the moment.
4: Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs, Gameplay, and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games
0: or have you ever wished you could find a
4: forum to share gameplay that you have recorded one that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve the group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.